I'm looking forward to sharing this message with you now because it's a good old-fashioned Bible study. No, not, not even any slides, nothing. And so if you have your Bibles with you or you have a digital version of your Bible, pull those out. We're going to start in Revelation 12, verse 11. Revelation 12 and verse 11. I love this scripture. This scripture is powerful. And I'm very excited that we have so many people here tonight. After a full day, we still have like 150 people in here. That is amazing. Praise God. Has it made sense so far? Yes. Amen. Now we're going to be talking about the four C's of eternal life or the, the four C's of Christianity or the four steps of eternal life. There's, there's been a couple different iterations of this message and frankly, to me, it's one of the most powerful because it is basic. What I was asking God to do was to explain to me what Revelation 12:11 really was talking about. And the one thing that I have, have had in my life as a Christian is I've had a very deep fondness for Bible study. Not just reading the Bible, perusing the Bible, but taking deep dives into subject matter. In fact, every sermon I've ever preached or every message I've ever given, any seminar I've ever given has come from my personal experience of needing to understand something. I didn't put together the music seminar to give it to you. I was learning it because I needed to understand it because I was running a music ministry. And people were coming up to me and saying, Christian, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? And I didn't have any opinions on a lot of things. And so I needed to start studying it. And tonight's message is no different. I needed to understand Revelation 12:11. Let's turn there together. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Here is a group of people that is having an experience. And they, who's that referring to? This is still interactive. Us, right? And they, the church here, the, the people at, at South Bay SDA, and they, the church, overcame him. Who's that? Satan. They overcame the devil. Brother Phil, would you do me a favor and, and have Tyler uh, come here for a moment, please? Thank you. He's in that hospitality room. And they overcame him. That's the devil. The church overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb, and that is Jesus Christ and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. So we are now going to talk about the four steps or the four keys that lead to eternal life. You want to, let's mute that one. There we go. The first C is connect. If you're taking notes, write down the word connect. The first C is connect. And turn with me to John 15, 4 and verse, through verse 8. And we're going to look at connection. Now, what does connect mean? It means to bring together or to establish a real link. Yes or no? Oh, my goodness. Are, are we alive tonight? Yes. Come on now. You guys have been sitting there and I've been expending all this energy. No, come on. Uncle Christian, Brother Christian, needs you to wake up. Thank you. You read my mind, my boy. 
That's my little boy. No, <laughs> no not little anymore. It's 20, 20 year old man, incredible. I, but what's weird is I don't age. I don't understand. connect. It means to establish a real link. If I connect with you, I want to establish a real link. John 15 verses 4 to 8 talks about this link because God is saying, I want to connect with you, my people. I want to establish a real link with you. Not sort of, kind of, a real link. John 15 verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in me. And no more can you, except you abide in me. And, the, you know, we don't always know what the words mean, like abide. And so I, I looked it up. I'm like, what does the word abide mean? Because I started doing a deeper dive on, on this scripture. And the word abide means to obey. It means to follow, to keep to, to stick to, to hold to. It means to act in accordance with, continue, and persist. So what I want to do is continue to read through verses 5 to 8, and I want to supplant some of those words, the word abide, with some of the modern-day uh, terminology here. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that holds to me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You see, here's the promise. Jesus says, I'm the vine. My feet are firmly planted in the truth. And you're the branch. And I will graft you into the vine. And if you are receiving your nourishment from me, if you are receiving your spiritual blood through me, and my blood is coursing through your veins, then you're going to bring forth much fruit. But without me, you can't do anything. Verse 6, if a man doesn't abide, if a man doesn't stick to or keep to me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. And if, you're, if you abide in me, if you stick to me, if you follow me, if you act in accordance with me, if you continue or persist in me and my words continue or persist in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. There's the condition. If I'm in you and you are in me, ask what you will and it shall be done. People go, well, that's not true because I've prayed for this and prayed for that and it didn't come true. Well, friends, if it didn't come true, then it wasn't of what the Lord wanted for you. Amen? Because, now listen, don't miss the point. If God is living in me and I'm living in Him and I am surrendering my will to Him, then I'm not going to ask anything outside of His will. Amen? So therefore, if I'm truly being moved by the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God is working in my life and I'm being led by that, I'm not going to pray a frivolous prayer that won't be answered by God. Amen? Amen. You're not convinced. Verse 8. Herein, oh no, um, let's see. Oh, that's right. Verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, this is how God's glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so shall be, you shall be my disciples. So God is glorified by the fruit in our life. That's what it said. That's how we glorify God, through our fruit. What kind of fruit do you have in your life? Is it real fruit from God? Or is it 
a GMO type of fruit? Has it been genetically modified by the world? Think about that. Is it the pure fruit from, from the Holy Spirit living in your life and you're bearing that fruit? In other words, you have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, temperance, against sense there is, not, there is no law, right? So the reality is God can reproduce His beautiful character through us. He's talking about His character reproduced in us. What a beautiful fruit, amen? amen. But unfortunately, some people, it's like they, they're, they're on and off again with the Lord. And that has a problem with the connection that we have. And as we learn today, what the devil's trying to do is just, frankly, this. This is it. To tarnish or disconnect us or inhibit that connection with the Lord. That's it. Because he knows if he can disconnect us, the entire Christian experience comes tumbling down. Did you know that? Without a connection, you cannot overcome. Without a connection, the fruit you have, it stinks. Isn't that true? So the only way to bear Christian fruit, godly fruit, is to be connected to Jesus, the vine. The only way to overcome, we find in James 4, 7. Let's turn there. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Now this is what I would call a spiritual equation. Anybody like math here? No, <laughs> that, that, that was very emphatic. That was the loudest answer I heard all day. I actually like math. I, I like mathematics. It, it bends my brain in good, healthy ways. When I, was, when I was young, actually, my stepdad, you heard that story of the evil guy, uh, he was going through college again, or not again, for, but for the first time and taking night courses. And they had a, a big, thick algebra book, book in there. And I just cracked it open and I started going through it and I taught myself algebra. And I started going into Algebra 1 and 2 and into deeper algebra. And my, I actually got beat because I made him feel like he was an idiot. But you know, I'm just telling you that because I've, I've loved mathematics all the time since I was a young boy. This is a spiritual equation. James 4, 7. This plus this equals this. That's what an equation is. It's unique because it has an equal sign. And on both sides of the equal sign, it must equal, right? Are you with me this, this evening? Yes. Amen. I know this has been a good long day, but let's put those little thinking caps on for just a little bit longer. Amen? Amen. All right. James 4, 7. This plus this equals this. Let's look at it. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. Amen. This is what it means. This plus this equals this. Notice what it starts with, though. What's it start with? Submitting. It doesn't, listen Adventist, it doesn't start with resisting. And that's where we are sometimes. I know what I'm supposed to do, I know what I'm not supposed to do, and I'm just not going to do that anymore, I'm going to do this now. And we go forward with our sure willpower, and we fail again, and again, and again. Why? Because friends, we can't overcome unless we have Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is now allowed to work in my life the moment I submit. Amen? So it all starts with that connection. The moment I, the moment I surrender, God gives me His power. Remember we looked at this morning, you could start with glory and you build from glory to glory, right? Amen? Amen? So here we have this beautiful experience 
to where the moment I come to God, He gives me that power to overcome. And it's not just me, it's Him living in me, and He overcomes through me. Yeah, see, I don't think Adventists get this. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, because that's where the power is. And then you have the Lord's mind, you have the Lord's power, and indeed you have the power to resist the devil. Amen? Amen. This plus this equals, what's the rest of the text? And he will flee from you. Did you know that's how it worked? Submitting plus resisting equals the devil fleeing. I've submitted, Christian, and I've submitted, and I've prayed, and I've given my heart to Jesus, and I was resisting the devil, but the devil still came in. Well, it didn't say that you would be, you would be free of temptations or problems. What this really means on a deeper level, I mean, look at the story of Job. Did trouble come to Job and he was an upright man? Yeah. Was he a submitted man? He was. And do you think he was resisting evil in God's power and strength? Indeed, but trouble came. Well, then that seems like it almost contradicts that, doesn't it? No. Here's the beautiful thing the Lord showed me. Is that, friends, it's not that the devil and the problems all go away. It's that now I'm imbued with the power of Jesus Christ to where I can now say with all confidence, Get thee behind me, Satan. The trial may still be there, but he's not going to have this anymore, my brain. Amen? Because, friends, the longest journey a man will ever travel is the eight inches between his ears. And so the trial and tribulation might still be there. I have prayed relentlessly that God would heal my dear wife. Here's a woman that, wants to, that has dedicated her life to serve God, and she wants to serve Him with full capacity, but she's limited. And I, and I, I, I used to bargain with God. It's not a good thing to do, by the way. All it does is lead to frustration, and you start to think, why am I even doing this? I'd say, Lord, if you heal, then I will. That's a dangerous prayer to pray. Because it might not be according to God's will to heal her. Because perhaps through that trial is how we come deeper with God. You understand? Or maybe someone else. Here's the bigger picture. Maybe it's that someone else looking on and seeing your suffering and the trouble that you're going for. It may not even be for you. It may be for someone else. And wouldn't that be cheap enough if that soul was saved because of your suffering? Amen. I used to say, why, Lord? Why is this happening to me? And finally, my wife and I came to the conclusion, why, why not? Why not this happen to us? Think about that. As a Christian, why not the troubles? Why not the tribulations? The righteous one was murdered for me. God has never promised that we're going to live this honky-dory life with no problems. In fact, he's promised there will be trials and tribulations. But he said, I will be an ever-present helper in your life and I will get you through. You see, what finally happened in my mind when I was submitting and resisting the temptation to be mad at God for not healing my wife. I'm just being transparent with you. When your best friend, when your better half suffers every day, it takes its toll on her and on me. And so the devil was starting to win. I mean, this has been nine years, almost a decade now. We thought 
Yep, we're going to get this. Yep, we're going to do it. Oh, eight laws of health. We got this. Oh, man, we're already, we're already halfway there. We're going to beat this. And we beat it, but she still has the residual problems. Does that mean that the devil is winning? No. It means that we live in a sin-filled world where there is sickness and disease. But guess what? My joy is intact. That's a miracle of God. My joy remains. Because the devil has fled from here. You understand? The trouble, the problem's still there, but it's not pulling me down like it once did. That's what it means. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So how do we connect with God? The first C is connect. How do we connect? Prayer, absolutely. Prayer, is that a good way to connect to God? Yes. Absolutely. How else do we connect to God? Reading His Word. Reading His Word. Oh, what someone just said, one person said prayer, the other person said reading the Word of God. Friends, you know what that means? That's two-way communication. For any relationship to work, you got to have two-way communication. Yes. Amen? Yes. Wives, am I right? Do you need to hear from your husbands? Yes. Husbands, should your wives do all the talking? They're afraid to say no. No. <laughs> no. The reality is for any healthy relationship, we have to have two-way communication. So it is with the Lord. He likens our relationship to a marriage. He is the husband and we are the bride, right? And so any relationship that's going to work, it has to have two-way. There has to be give and take. Prayer is me talking to God. The Word of God is God talking to me. Amen. Amen. So how much have you been talking to God lately? How much? Think about it. Evaluate your life. Are you praying that God blesses your food and keep you safe in the car and blesses you with a good night and please bless my day? And is that the extent of your prayer? Because friends, that's not really a prayer life. That's not communication. That's ships passing in the night. Like in a relationship. What's going to happen to that relationship? it's going to become faulty. And so it is with our walk with God. We have to have that real connection, real communication. We are to pour out our hearts like we would to God, like we would to a close friend. Amen? Amen. You got close friends? Unfortunately, I don't, outside of my wife, I don't really have any very close friends. I'm, I don't know why. Maybe it's a little intimidating or because I'm, I'm like, let's go. And they're like, dude, you exhaust me. I don't know. But maybe that's what it is. But the challenge is sometimes you, you can't get close because I want to go on deep dives and deep conversation. I am not, oh, what's up here? What's up here? That's great. And you can do a little bit of that. But I, I don't know that people know how to think today many times. It's like the lost art. Like there's a b book that Neil Ledley writ, written, wrote. It's called The Lost Art of Thinking. And I think that's day, our day and age. So we can connect to God by praying. That's us talking to Him. And we connect to Him by Him talking to us through His Word. Amen? But beyond that, friends, there are sermons you can listen to. Coming here today, the Holy Spirit wants to communicate with you. I just happen to be a vessel, but here's what I've learned. Half of what I'm saying doesn't even go into your minds. In fact, about 80%, they say. On average, you retain about 20% of what is being oratorily uh, given. But friends, here's the beautiful thing. With the Holy Spirit here, He's alive and well, and He's putting a lot of things in your mind. You might be getting a whole different sermon than what I'm preaching because that's the beauty and power of God. Why? He wants to connect with you. 
Amen? And he doesn't have to use a different vessel to do so. He wants to have one-on-one communication with each one of us. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. What a privilege. So we can connect to God through sermons, through, through books, through tracks, through music, all kinds of ways that we can connect to God. And God can even talk to us in the still, small voice, in the quiet recesses of our mind, even if we're just sitting alone in the middle of nowhere. That's how efficient God is at communication, at connection. It's left to us to receive it or reject it, right? What I love is when I read Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 50, verse 15, it says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. The beauty here is, God says, call upon me, and I will never be too busy. You know, my wife can't claim that. I can't claim that. There are times I call, she's on another call. Every time I've called on God, every moment, he is instantly there. What a faithful spouse. Messages to young people, 431. Communion with God encourages good thoughts, noble aspiration, clear perceptions of truth, and lofty purposes of action. Those who thus, look, connect their souls with God are acknowledged by Him as His sons and daughters. Praise the Lord. The moment I come to God and say, Lord, I choose you. I want to surrender. I give you my heart. Please make me willing to be willing. God says, that's my son. I've got you. I've got your back. They're constantly reaching higher and still higher, obtaining clearer views of God and of eternity until the Lord makes them channels of light and wisdom to the world. So the first C is what? Connect. Now here's where it starts to get interesting. The second C we'll find in Psalm 37.5. The second C is commit. If you're taking notes, write down commit. Psalm 37.5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. I love what Steps to Christ 43 says. The government of God is not as Satan would make it appear, founded upon a blind submission and unreasoning control. There are many denominations, many religions out there that are just saying, you have to believe in God and believe what he says no matter what. No, my God says, come and let us reason together. Amen. It appeal, reading on, it appeals to the intellect and the conscience. He says, come now, let us reason together, is the Creator's invitation to the beings He has made. Isaiah 1.18. It remains for us to choose whether we will be set free from the bondage of sin to share in the glorious liberties of the Son of God. So here's God saying, if you choose me, I got your back. Because here's the newsflash. I've already chosen you. I already want you, he says. It's up to you to choose me. And God says, come and let us reason together. When I first met Kobe, I walked up to her and I said, hi. I said, what's your name? Hi, Kobe. My name's Chris. Will you marry me? Do you think that's what I said? If that's what I said, what should she have done? Yeah, run the other way, right? Why? Why, why is that like, why should she do that? Because I was not engaged previously in what phase? Think about the first C, the connection. You see, I was asking for a commitment before the connection. 
Amen? That wouldn't work. Why? I don't know her. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she likes, what she dislikes. I don't know what her character is all about. So God is the same way. He's not asking us to make a commitment before a connection. Amen. Amen. So it's left to us to discover who God is. Is the Lord himself worthy of a relationship with us? Will the Lord be careful with your heart? Can you trust Him? Does He have good things for your future? What has He done to help you in your life? What will He do? What is He doing? And what provisions has He made for your salvation? You see, when we study the Word of God, we start to see the beauty of God, and then we say, oh, I want to give my heart to God. I need you. I want you. I desire you in my life. And now I make a commitment based on the connection. Make sense? Remember, this is a relationship. You cannot go up to someone and say, marry me. They would never in their right, if they said yes, you don't want them anyway. (laughs) Because something's up. Why would they say yes? Well, maybe because you have money or maybe you're super stud muffin handsome or whatever. No, no, no. If they're they're saying yes on those surface levels, they're not going to go deeper, my friends. They're, 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 they're getting involved in a relationship for the wrong reasons. You have to have a vital connection. I am not connected to God because I just want to be saved. I've chosen to connect to God because I want to be like Him. I admire Him. I, I admire God. Do you admire your Father in heaven? Amen? Review and Herald, March 21st, 1893. Having faith and confidence and trust in God, we have everything. And God will never betray our confidence. He is ever loving and patiently bears with our weaknesses and our infirmities. And He is ever willing to forgive our perversities. Wow. Then let us walk meekly, trustingly, and humbly before Him. Commit your way to him. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And see, I spent time with Kobe, and I got this, this, this place to where I really started to love this lady. And she's a, she was a quality person. And I went to her and I said, you know, I, I, I have great love for you. Actually, at first it wasn't that. I, I have to be totally honest. I went to her eventually and I said, you know, I really like you. And, and I don't want to be like boyfriend-girlfriend, but maybe we just couldn't see other people. How do, what do you think about that? <laughs> and, and she was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Because we both come out of relationships where we felt like people kind of sold us down the river and we just didn't want to get into another dangerous relationship, if you will, emotionally speaking. And so we were at this place to where we had spent time together, we really liked each other, we respected each other, and we just wanted to spend time with each other, but I didn't want her to go see other guys. But I didn't, wasn't ready to say, will you be my boyfriend? So that was kind of a pathetic commitment. Nonetheless, it was sort of a commitment, right? And so I went to her eventually after we spent more time, and I said, you know what? I said, Kobe, I... I, I love you. I, I have deep respect for you. I love you so much. I'll give you 90% of my heart. I only want 10% for other lovers. I mean, that's not bad, right? Should she take the deal? 
No. Wow, you guys are kind of rough. I mean, that's an A. It's a low A, but it's an A. No. And then eventually it grew, and I went to her, and I said, Kobe, I, I'm, I'm more in love with you now, and I, 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 I'll give you 99% of my heart. I only want 1% for other lovers. No. Should she take the deal? No. Why, well, why not? 99 is not good enough. Yeah, you know why? The 1% of non-trust outweighs the 99%. Isn't that true? Lord, I, I love you so much that I'll give you half of my life. I only want half of it for other lovers. No, I love you, Lord. I'm going to give you 90% of my heart. I only want to go a whoring after the world for 10% of my life. Ooh, was that too straight? There's seven chapters in the, in, the, in the Word of God that talk about going a whoring after other idols. Those are God's words, not mine. So it's pretty strong language. The reality is, there are many people who call themselves Christians and say that they're in a relationship with God and they've even made proclamations, even went down into a watery grave and they've come up, but they have gone a whoring after other lovers. True? It is true. We could love self more than we love God. We could love our money more than we love God. We could love our career more than we love God. We could love our spouse more than we love God. There's a lot of different ways that we could be going after someone else more than we go after God. But friends, here's the news flash. God already knows that about us. And he still wants us. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're looking at on the internet. He knows you're not studying. He knows you're questioning whether you want to be a Christian or not. He knows if you're ready just to run back into the world. He knows all of that. And yet he says, I still want you. What a faithful spouse. He says, you know what? You guys won't take 99% in a husband or a wife here on this planet. But here's God. He says, I'll start with 1% with you. Lord, have mercy. You know, when I first came to God, I didn't give him all my heart. But it was enough for him. And he took that 1% or whatever percentage it was and he worked with that because he's a loving God. He's a loving Father. He's a loving... Jesus is our loving spouse. And he has wooed me. And he has, he has pulled me along. And not, 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 not making me, not forcing me, not pushing me. But every time I stop and I look at the sacrifice of God and I look at the character of Jesus Christ and everything that he's done, it just woos me more and more. And so my 1% became 2 and 3 and 10 and 20 and 30 and 40. And before you know it, I'm saying, Lord, I, I really want to give you my heart and my life. And God was satisfied. Amen. Yet he's not satisfied. Because he wants to take us all the way. You know the 144,000 at the end of time they will have that 100% commitment. Amen. Where are we now? I don't know. But here's the beautiful message. I might be, here's, here, to say this is it, right? The 144,000, that's that 
I'm somewhere in here, but I have given my heart. I have submitted, and I say, Lord, here am I. I'm connecting with you. I've made a commitment to you based on a wonderful connection with you. And I say, Lord, please, please, Father, continue the work that you have begun in me. Continue the work you've begun in me. And, and God says, I will get you there. But should anything happen to you, my son, The righteousness of Christ covers you. That's really good news in my life. And wherever I am in that, it's not about my righteousness, but it is about growing. It's about Christ's righteousness. And God looks at me now through the righteousness of Christ, and I am freely forgiven, and I am justified, never sinned. Amen. That's good news tonight. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here is our Father. And because He doesn't force us, and because there's not retribution right now, like it used to be in the old days, I mean, the earth swallowed people up, fire came down from heaven, all kinds of things. God doesn't work that way. I kind of wish He'd go back to it. <laughs> I'm seriously, to like, okay, I'm... I, but he doesn't want to scare us. And I, and, and, and I understand we're under the new covenant and all this wonderful stuff. But the reality is because God is such a gentleman, because God is so tender and wooing and he's not forcing, we forget that we are in stakes for our eternal destiny. The devil is playing for keeps and we think we have all the time in the world. Second Peter, uh, 1 Peter 2.9 says, You're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. I love God, friends. And I can stand here before you saying, I'm not a perfect man, but I'm telling you, I'm more dedicated and committed than I've ever been in my life. And that should be every day we are more and more committed because we are more and more connected. Amen? Amen. Yes. We love Him because He first loves us. I love Zechariah 13.9. Love it. They shall call on my name and I will hear them and I will say, it is my people. Do you want to be my people with God? It's my people. And they will say, the Lord is my God. And as for me and my house, the Lord is my God. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Joshua 24, 15, choose you this day whom you shall serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, God has chosen you. Have you chosen God? I don't care if you chose God when you were 15 years old. Did you choose God today? Amen? Because I die daily. Salvation comes every morning that I wake up. I have a brand new day. Lord, forgive me for my sins that are past. Help me. No, I, I'm trying to reword my, my phraseology when I pray even now. I don't ask God to help me anymore. I ask God to live through me. Because it, it makes it as though, it, okay, Jesus is up there, and here I am, and God's going to dole out some of his glory to help me be some sort of success on this planet. No, 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 no. 
what God is trying to picture here is that He wants to intimately become interwoven in our lives and live through us. That's a whole different experience. I don't pray. I'm, I'm learning to not pray. Lord, please help me to do this. Help me to do that. Help me to... No. Even in your prayers, you need to be careful. You know, I, I had a brother, a friend of mine that was saying he had severe problem with pornography. And he would pray, Lord, please help me not to look at naked ladies and help me not to... Do and in his prayer, they're flashing in his mind and he's sinning in the prayer. How do you pray about that then? Oh, you don't even talk about the sin. You say, Lord, you know my struggles. Lord, give me your pure eyes. That's a different prayer. Amen? You're not focused on the sin. You're focused on Jesus Christ, the one that solves the problems in our lives. Does that make sense? This is fundamental truth, my friends. It has radically revolutionized my walk with Jesus Christ. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord even from all of those lovers, separate to live above all the things of this life. I love Review and Herald, uh, May 28, 1889. I love this passage. Oh, let us think of the goodness of God. Let us tell of His power, sing of His love. Let us commit our souls unto God as a faithful creator. Stop worrying. Stop fretting. God will help us to live above the things of this life and give us an abundance of good things to think about and talk about. Let us come into the presence of Christ. He is cleansing the heavenly sanctuary. Let us enter there by faith. Provision has been made for our cleansing. A fountain has been opened for sin and uncleanness. Ask in faith for the grace of God, and you will not ask in vain. I was so pleased when I attended uh, ASI this past uh, summer. And I was there in Florida, and they handed out a book to all of us registrants. And it was a beautiful book, and I've read it multiple times, and I'm going to keep reading it, probably till Jesus comes. And it's talking about a, a personal revival and reformation, and it's about our greatest need and that of the Holy Spirit. Friends, there's nothing else you need in your life more than the Holy Spirit, period. And what we're talking about is being filled with the Holy Spirit, connected and committed. Amen? Let's move on to the third C. So, if you are connected, it will build your commitment. And if you're connected and committing, guess what comes next? You will be commencing the work of God. Amen? The third C is commence. Are you awake? Is this making sense? Praise the Lord. So if you are connected and you are committed and your commitment is built on a healthy connection, then you will be moved by the Spirit of God to commence the work of God. What does commence mean? To begin. To start. Get the ball rolling. Amen? Start. Go. Embark. Get the project off the ground. Get the ball rolling. Notice this. Com uh, connection, action word. Commitment, action word. Commencement, action word. There is no place in the Christian life for idleness. Let's get off our rusty dusties and get out there. Amen? Amen? Have you ever read Matthew 28, 19? Yeah? What's the first word? Go! If you're connected so you say, and you're committed, so you say, why aren't we commencing the work of God? 
oh, wait a second. If I am connected, truly connected, it's going to build my commitment to God because now my life is not my own. I'm to spend and be spent for the gospel's sake, bottom line. And if I'm not commencing the work of God, something's wrong with what? The connection. If you're not doing the work of God, if you're not commencing the work of God to do something in someone's life because of what the Savior's done for you in your life, something's wrong with the connection. You see, I said earlier, without connection, the whole Christian experience comes tumbling down. Make sense? So, Matthew 28 says, not 28, is it 28? I have, I have, yeah, I have slight dyslexia, so um, I jumble numbers sometimes. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go, you therefore, into all nations, right? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So here's the church today. By the way, have you ever been to a race, a, a running race? I, I, I used to run track when I was in high school. I, I pole vaulted, and I did the 440 low hurdles. And we would get into these things called starting blocks. And they go, runners to your marks. And we get there. And of course, I'm like kind of tight today. But here's the thing. I would get here. And you would put your feet in these blocks. Here's the line right here. You get your, your little fingers all lined up. And they'd say, on your mark. Get set. So you get, you get on your mark. And then you get set. You go like this. Go. And that gun goes off. And poof, you go as fast as you can. Fly like the wind. And... Today, the church is like this. On your mark, get set. That's the church today. They never go. Why? Seriously, ask yourself. I'm asking you some deep questions tonight, and I hope you go home and you think about that. I hope you're taking notes and you're asking questions. Write the question right now. Am I truly connected? Because if I'm not working for God, something's wrong with my connection. Does it mean you have to start a ministry like shepherds call ministry? No, that doesn't mean that. God may call you to that. That's what he called me to, full-time work for him. Because here's my problem. If I got, when I got involved in things to where I had a business before and my companies were successful, I focused on that. I really Making money was a lot of fun to me and business, and I like the business and all that. But friends, it distracts me. So I have to stay focused on God's work. That's why he called me to this full-time ministry. Some people can work over here and work for God over there. That's just not how my brain works. So God says, are you all in? I said, I'm all in. Okay, great. And for 20 years, God has sustained us. Praise the Lord, amen? So, here's, but here's the thing. You go to that race. Are we not running a race right now? Yes, right? And God says, on your mark. What do you mean by that? Get your eyes on the mark, Jesus Christ. Get set in your commitment with him and go do the work. Amen? 
That's what it means. Get your eyes on the mark. Get set in your commitment and go work for him. But I don't, I don't really know what to do. What if I said the wrong things? No, 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 no. That, wait a minute. That sounds kind of like some Bible people I know of. I remember someone going, but, 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 but I, I can't, can't, can't go talk to, to people. Are, 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 are you kidding? Now listen, now therefore go, and I will be thy mouth, and I will teach thee what thou shalt say. Amen? That was only, oh, a mighty man of God named Moses. Did God work through Moses? Was he a little afraid to commence? Yes, but was Moses connected? Oh, Moses was connected. Man, he was dealing with the people he really needed to be connected. You see how those people treated Moses? Unbelievable. Was he committed to God? Yes. Did he commence the work of God? Yes. He led the Israelites, man. Moses was a mighty man of God who was connected, who was committed, and commencing the work of God. But he said, but, 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 I, 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 now therefore go. Here's the promise. I know you don't think you can, but with me, you can. But what am I going to do? The Lord gets to reveal it to you. He's going to put a burden in your heart. There's going to be something, a ministry, or, or a person, or a, a, a neighbor, or a certain book that you love, whatever. God will put something in your life, Bible studies, and, and you're going to have this overwhelming desire to do it, but you're going to be a little afraid. That's okay, but fear is not of God, it's of the enemy. And God wants you to say, I'm going to go no matter what. I'll give you an example. When I was a young Christian, just new in the faith, and I was in my mid-twenties, I had not done Bible studies with a, in proper, going to people's house doing a Bible study yet. And so I had a man come to me, a brother of mine, and he said, hey Christian, would you like to go uh, to this men's Bible study with me? I said, sure. He goes, it's like an interdenominational thing, come with me. I said, great. Now I was connected, I was committed, and I wanted to commence the work of God. I was already working for God full time at a ministry, but I wanted to do more. Why? Because I love Jesus. And I have the answer. His name is Jesus, right? So I want to share this. So I go there to this, to this uh, group of men. They were just sitting there. Basically what they, I figured out is that they, they use the Bible study as kind of a cover story to sit there and watch the game and eat the food. And I was like, not interested. I don't have time for that in my life right now. And I just said, hey guys, after we sat there for about a half an hour, are we going to do a Bible study or something? Oh yeah, man, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys want to study? And, and we just sat there and kind of looked at each other going, I don't know. What do you want to study? I don't know. What do you want to study? I don't know. What do you want to study? I said, you know what? I said, I'm not a pro or anything and I, I'm not offering, but I do have some Bible studies we could follow if you wanted to. They're question and answer. We find the Bible text to answer the question. I said, I could bring one maybe next week. Oh, that'd be great. Christian, yeah, why don't you do that? Showed up the next week. There's eight of us total. Well, after that week, then the next week it went down to seven. And then the next week it went down to six. And then it went down to five. And then it went down to four. I'm like, Lord, and I'm leading out in the Bible study. I'm like, I'm connected. I'm committing. But apparently I don't know how to commence properly because they're dropping like flies here. And Lord said, keep going. Keep going. See, I was looking on the outside, but God already knew what he had been doing on the hearts of those that were there. And then, the, the, all before you know it, it got down to the guy that owned the house. It was just him and I, and I went, his name is Chris. I said, well, Chris, <laughs> guess it's just you and me. He goes, all right, that's okay, let's study. We started studying. He goes, you know what, do you think it would be okay if I invited my wife? I said, yeah, how about I bring my wife next weekend? He goes, 
oh, you, you think she'll do that? I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, Wendy would love to, to meet someone you know, that's a Christian or whatever. I said, no, no problem. We started going to their house. They sold their home. We went over to their, her mother's house. Her mother, and I didn't even know this, but they were all Mormons. And the mother was a priestess in the Mormon church. And now we're studying in her living room every week. Oh, thank you, Lord. This is an exciting one. My first real Bible study, and I'm studying with Mormons. I didn't realize that that's like a big Bible study. And all the other ones had dropped off. In my mind, I saw failure. But God knew where he had been moving Chris and Wendy's heart. We studied with them for more than a year, my wife and I. And friends, they left the Mormon faith and joined the Seventh-day Adventist Church. If you go to the Three Angels Church in Wichita, Kansas, you will meet Chris and Wendy Greer. He's a deacon, she's a deaconess, and they've been raising their children, first-generation Seventh-day Adventists. Amen? Amen? Now, was it because I was awesome at giving the Bible study? Of course. No, no, no. It's because the Lord had worked through their hearts already and the soil of their heart was ready to receive. And even if I didn't do it well, God's still blessed because he's God. Amen? So don't be afraid. How am I going to witness? What am I going to say? Now therefore go, I will be at thy mouth and I will teach you what to say. Amen? It's on God. If you're connected and committed and you're commencing the work of God, it's on him. If we don't, and we have that neighbor we've never witnessed to, their blood's on our hands. Whoa. That, I think that was the Lord saying amen. But I'm afraid. I mean, how will people treat me? It's dangerous these days, you know, to visit people. And what if they say no? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. But what if I fail, Lord? What if I disappoint you? What if I don't do this right? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, Christian, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. You see, friends, when we go forward with a connection and a commitment and commencing the work of God, and we are connected in that vital way, then you cannot fail because it's God working through you, and God does not fail. Amen? You see, what I learned is, even coming and preaching all Sabbath long, it's not about me. It's about God working through a willing person. And really what it is, is the Holy Spirit called you here. You're still here at 7.42 at night, and some of you got here at like 9 o'clock this morning. You know what that is? That is a soul responding to the Holy Spirit. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. God bless you. So, Kobe and I decided, as I went to her and I said, I love you. I want to be with you. I'm 100% in. And the moment I said to her, will you marry me? What I was saying was, nobody else on this planet gets to have me. Amen? And when she said, I will, what she was saying to me is, I love you and I trust you and I will give you all of my heart and only you gets all of me. Nobody else gets that. Amen? That's the kind of commitment that you need to have. People will say, oh, you're so lucky. You have such a great marriage. Oh, friends, I have a phenomenal marriage. I've been married for 22 years, not one fight. 
And it's not because I'm a doormat or she's a doormat. It's because we have a very deep love that's centered in Christ and that awakens a deep respect for one another. We are each other's best friend. Don't settle for anything less, single people. Choose wisely, treat kindly. I didn't get it by accident. I chose wisely. I didn't, she didn't get me by accident. She chose wisely. And together, when God brings a man or woman together that, that he can bless, it becomes explosive. When the devil or self brings people together, it becomes subtractive and like a cancer. Am I right? As an ambassador, review and herald December 16th, 1884, we're almost done. As an ambassador of Christ, I implore you to, implore, implore you to commence your work intelligently. Pick up the raveling ends, bind them off for time and eternity. It is not too late yet for wrongs to be righted. And while Jesus, our mediator, is pleading on our behalf, let us do our part of the work. Love God with all thy heart and thy neighbor as thyself. If you are truly connected and you are committed and you are commencing the work of God, when you see those people around you, you cannot but tell them about Jesus Christ because, friends, you have a love for your neighbor. And when you have a true love, a godly love for your neighbor, you're going to tell them, even though it might be kind of embarrassing, oh, they're going to think I'm a Jesus freak. Praise the Lord. If that's what I am, sign me up. I'm a Jesus freak. But it's not a, it's, it might be a freaky thing to the world. But friends, it's the most beautiful thing for the human when they understand God wants to save them. <laughs> Amen. That brings joy to my heart too. So Kobe and I, made a commitment to each other, and we went forward in our relationship, and we've been greatly rewarded in this wonderful marriage. What if I was connecting to her, and I had made a commitment to her, and I never followed through commencing my life with her? I see people do it all the time. They never take that leap of faith, and there will come a time with the Lord where you're connected, you're committed, and you're going to have to take that step of faith and that leap forward and commence the work of God. The last C, the fourth C, the fourth step to eternal life is conquer. What does conquer mean? So let's back up. What's the first C? Connect. The second C is commit. And the third C is commence. And the fourth C is conquer. Friends, if you're connected and you are committed and you are commencing the work of God, you will begin to conquer in your life like you have never experienced. Why are people not overcoming? Because they're not mastering the basics and the challenge we have is a lot of Christians are are satisfied with a mediocre experience they're they're satisfied with like this this preschool experience in Christendom you see for me to have to go and convince people to put off satanic music is kindergarten Christianity did you hear what I said seriously we're literally questioning whether or not we need to put away worldly things. And so we're stuck and we're, we're, we're in this minor league, yet we all want to be part of that great team that ascends to heaven. Friends, it, it, it boils down to, are you going to be serious about your walk? Let's stop making mountains out of molehills. Literally, to give up the things of the world and of the devil, that should be a no-brainer. And indeed, wait a second, it is for the connected 
the vitally connected Christian. Because when you're vitally connected, the things of this world grows strangely dim. So if you are not having this heart to where you want it to fall out of your life, what that means is, listen, all that means is we go back and work on the connection. That's it, amen? It's just about the connection. The Bible tells me in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Notice where the strength comes from. It comes from Christ, amen? So conquer means to successfully overcome. It means to triumph over the devil and ourselves. Finally, my brethren, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on some of the armor of God. No, no, no. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Listen to this. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. The moment you are connected and you are committed and you are willing to commence the work of God, He puts His armor on you. And do you realize you are untouchable unless the Lord says otherwise? In fact, you are immortal unless God says otherwise. You understand that the demons of hell, including the devil himself, cannot lay a finger on you unless God allows it. And if he has called you to go out there, he's not going to cause you to fail. Let's read verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand in that evil day and having done something, having done 90%, having done Sabbath. But you know what? I go to church on the right day. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And I give my tithe and I support different ministries, and I warm my pews, and I have a church position too. Friends, that's not what God's calling us to. That's all fine, and that's all dandy. God's not looking for Seventh-day Adventists. He has a bunch of them. He's looking for seven-day Adventists. Amen? In other words, they're not holier on the Sabbath because they have been connected to God for six days a week. And when they come to worship God, they're able to worship God because, God, you've been in a spirit of worship your whole week. And now when you come to the sanctuary, you don't want to be entertained. You want to worship Him who died for you. Seven-day Adventists. I wish that was our name. We are the seven-day Adventists, and we worship on the seventh day. But we, we compartmentalize and we'll go live like the Babylonian world for six days a week, but we're holy on Sabbath. Oh, can you sense my urgency? Can you sense it? Why is God laying this on my heart? Because, friends, I believe we are at the threshold of eternity. I'm not, I'm not just giving you lip service. Look around Let's get connected. Let's get committed. Let's commence the work of God so we can overcome all things and go home as conquerors above all. He says, wait on the Lord in Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So Kobe and I, we connected. We committed. We commenced. 
and we conquered all others in this world, and I am only hers and she is only mine. And if I can do that with a person here on this planet, it's an illustration of what can happen with a soul connected to God. What a beautiful picture. Let's turn back to our opening scripture because, friends, the four C's are in this one scripture. The four C's in one scripture. Oops. Um, can somebody do me a favor and Ethan... Could you go get Tyler for me and tell him to bring me my phone? <clears throat> so the first C is what? Connect. Connect. The second C is? Commit. The third C is? Commence. And the fourth C is? Conquer. So let's look at it this way. Here's the basic illustration. If I am connected, and that connection phase has been real and beautiful with the Lord, it will lead to making a commitment for the Lord. And if I've connected and I've made a commitment for the Lord, it will lead to me commencing the Lord, commencing with the Lord, commencing the work of the Lord. Thank you, son. And friends, if I'm connected and I'm committed and I'm commencing, then friends, I will begin to conquer in my life. And isn't that what we all want? But you see, if you're not having victory in your life, what does this tell you? Yes, that's right. It means we just simply back up and work on the connection because the connection will reestablish the commitment which will reestablish the commencing of the work and we begin to conquer again. This is what's called Christianity. You get it? And all four C's were found in Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Let's break it down. And they, who's that? That's us, amen? And we overcame, oh, overcame. What C is that? Conquer. And we conquer the devil by the blood of the Lamb. We believe in the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ and his life, his blood flows through us. And so they, the church, conquered, overcame the devil by their connection to the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What see is that? They're commencing the word of God, the work of God. They're telling what the Lord has done in their life and they love not their lives unto the death because they were fully committed. Amen? Oh. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And if the Lord would so bless, I really probably shouldn't do this. Tyler? Can you bring... Oh, wait. I want to sing a song if I can, okay? I'm not supposed to, frankly, but I just really want to sing for my brothers and sisters. I have a little baby adapter somewhere that I have to plug in. Ah, here it is. That $25 thing can blow a whole concert. 
So I'm going to use the music, uh, the, the channels, audio people, I'm going to use the channels that we used for the slides, okay? This is kind of a high song. And when I got my viral infection, unfortunately, it impacted my upper range and my control. But you know what? My flesh might be weak, but my spirit is willing. Where's the purple microphone? I was told to use that one. They whispered that across the whole auditorium. <laughs> so we're going to mute this microphone. Let me just have a prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I would love to just sing. I haven't sang in so long. And I would love to just sing a song of praise to you. So I pray that you would sing through me because my flesh is faulty. I've been speaking all day long and I shouldn't be doing this, but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen. Please, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Started the work, will be faithful to complete it. 
Amen. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for bringing us through this day. I've sensed your spirit here. Father, I pray that you would be with us now as we go through this next week. We know that the tempter will be here. He's ever there. He's just this antagonistic punk. And Father, we just ask that you would help us to surrender to you day by day, to be more like you, Father. Live out your life within each one of us. I give you permission to live out your will through my life. I give you my heart. Take it, Lord. I can't even give it. I just say take it. And Father, I pray that you would change me from the inside out. Help us not to major in externals. I pray, Father, that you would be with each soul that's here, each home that's represented, and Father, fix us. Please come soon, lest we all perish. Help us, Father, to be ready, to be ready, to be ready. Lord, we love you and we need you, and we, of our own free will, choose you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.